lad. Jordan. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. Living the dream, as they say. Yeah, good man. How are you feeling this morning? I'm good. I know you've got a bit of a cough. Yeah, yeah. Better, better this, better today. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, obviously, like this is kind of like a bit of payback from this week when Jordan <laughs> grilled me. Um, but I think I think I should start this. Obviously, this episode with. Um, you know, putting a warning out there, really, that this pod, this episode is probably going to be really deep. Yeah. And there might be some strong language. It might upset some people. It might. And it's definitely not, like it's, like I said, it's what we've said before, it's not for the faint-hearted. So, you know, just be warned of that. Listener discretion is definitely advised. <laughs> yeah, definitely is when it's um, about me. But that's, yeah, well, it's just, because you know some people might get affected by some of the things that get said today uh, that's not even about a bad language or swearing it's more about the situation the scenarios the experiences that you and the, and the suffering really i think and the yeah. struggles um so i think maybe we should just start off with asking the first question um do it, mate. and that first question jordan for me well, and for the listeners, obviously, is to tell your side of the things. And um, I just think it's a good place to start is by, you know, talking to us about your childhood. Uh, yeah. And then we'll kind of just roll it on like a storyboard kind of effect. But yeah, yeah. Leave, leave the floor to you, mate, if you want to just tell us like a bit about your childhood. Yeah, sound. Um, my childhood was overall good. Um, I was fortunate enough to have, obviously, a twin brother. Um, and that was amazing because we were just like a unit, you know. Um, mm-hmm. As we were growing up, we were both fucking nightmares in <laughs> in school and college, and and we sort of found the gym. That was our sort of escapism, as as it were. And um, mm-hmm. I fucking hated. Well, I didn't hate school. I loved school, but I didn't like studying. I was very. <laughs> <laughs> Very reckless, as the best way to put it. Like you could just tell, I was uh, a disaster child. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my brother on the other hand was like, he wasn't like uh, a boy, like boisterous like me. He just kind of didn't care. Yeah. Um, so we were both just, you know, kind of biting time in in school. Um, and just riding riding it out. Yeah, of. literally just doing the time. <laughs> and it got to, I remember it got to when I was seventeen and. I was just being that classic dickhead, mate. I was drinking loads. I was even I was doing drugs. I was just being a nightmare and getting into trouble. Yeah. Um, just an absolute idiot. Uh, <laughs> and I look back at it now and it's just embarrassing, really. But that's but who that's, I was. That's happened, though, hasn't it? You know? Yeah. That's part of growing um, up at the end of the day. And, it, and basically, it got to a point where my parents actually sat me down. And they were like... You you need to make a decision that you you're basically joining the military or you're gonna go you're gonna end up in prison and I was like yep so my da- my dad actually marched me down to the career's office I had no choice <laughs> like, I'm not even joking I remember saying this as an icebreaker when I joined the army they're like why did you join I was like I got made to join what's <laughs> <laughs> that or I would have been in prison <laughs> yeah um and yeah obviously like the career's office the classic spiel and then you know I was eighteen going down to Purbright shitting myself because I was just an absolute nightmare um luckily for me I was always really like not I wasn't always really fit I've always done sports like I've always played rugby I've judo 
fucking like anything and lifting and training it's just been part of my mentality because I was just a bit of a nightmare <laughs> that I would just thrash myself in the gym I've always been like that so when I got into like the army and training I, I, can't, I didn't find it easy in any stretch you know what basic training was like and back then it's a bit different than it is now I, yeah. I would definitely struggle yeah well it's uh, just it's, it's like that it's a, like a total culture change isn't it yeah so, massive culture shock yeah that that's what it like <laughs> like getting homesick mate i didn't even know what that was um, oh yeah and like the classic i miss my mum and all, all this stuff mummy <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of as much as like in regards to my childhood like my my much younger childhood um is just a little bit strange i mean we moved around a lot um i can't remember too much of it to be honest yeah um, i think there's well, any highlighting points but yeah but the main the main bit of me was sort of when i was in my like late teens and i was just being a nightmare and basically got made to join the army and then uh yeah the rest is history yeah well that's that obviously that like, you, you kind of saw my thunder for my second question really and that was like you know what made you join the military, and you've kind of answered that anyway. That you've actually got forced to join the military. It wasn't. Don't, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Obviously, no one can actually force you to join the army. Yeah, no. Like, it was kind of um, a blessing, wasn't it? I suppose. Yeah, and I, I always had an inkling. Like my brother, um, when he was sixteen, uh, went for the wrong Marines, but he injured his shoulder really badly. Yeah. So we were always like that way, sort of driven. Um, but I never really wanted to make the jump. I was kind of having too much fun, like, you know, being a dick. <laughs> um, too, too much fun being a rebel. Yeah. And then I obviously joined and I, I'm not going to lie, I fucking, I hated training. I absolutely hate it. I hate mm. phase two. I hate being in Lark Hill. Uh, I got pretty badly injured um, when I was in phase two, um, which was shit for me. Um because then you get kind of like, you get kind of like, and then get put into like a rehab holding troop. Yeah, yeah. Bit, I, which... I did all the you know like you have all the assessments to leave phase two. I did all of that, so I oh, was ready to come into regiment. Yeah. But because I was injured, I had to stay there, mate, and it was just shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, you just kind of like stamp. You know, you just kind of marching time, then aren't you? Just like itching yeah. to get out and get to the unit and get get on to do with like your trade and and shit like that. But it's just when you get injured, it just fucks everything up really doesn't it yeah um, like, so yeah so you've talked about there like you, you know obviously your childhood you had a good childhood you had a bit of a bit of a fun time um of being a dick as you you, you rightly said which <laughs> is you know that's just all part and parcel of growing up and learning your way really of how not to be a dick when you're a bit you know because you come into you know young adulthood and um so you obviously passed out of training phase two what led then what led on from that then from like your time in your unit to becoming uh, an all arms physical training instructor so I remember I think everyone remembers their PTI in training <laughs> I think it's just um, like renowned isn't it and they just stand out and I remember in Perbright I was like I want to be that and I remember speaking to my PTI then and like obviously I knew I was fit anyway I was fitter than most people in training so like I was like this is something I want to do um, yeah and then when I got injured, I you have ERIs, don't you? Um, exercise yeah. rehabilitation instructors. Yeah. So obviously he was then mentoring my injury. Um, staff Daisy, he was called. Still. Oh yeah. Yeah, still catch up with him now. And it just spiked my interest even more and even more. And then when I got into the unit, um, Dave Reed was our SSI, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, and obviously name dropping drop now. 
Yeah, getting all the blokes out there. And then obviously you and I, I was I came into boxing pretty much as soon as I got into the regiment. Yeah, that's right. Oh, it's, good. it's only because I was crying out for people, mate. That's the only reason yeah. why you the team, really. So I was, I was boxing with you and I ran a half marathon as well. As soon yeah, as I yeah. got, I literally, the Sunday I got to the unit, they made me run a half marathon and I did it like an hour 27. I think I remember that, actually. Yeah. yeah. That's why it was kind of like your... That's why your name got bounced around a little bit for that week. Yeah, they were like, this lad's fit, let's get him on boxing. And I was like, yeah, yeah sweet, all right. <laughs> and that that kind of, I always had that interest. And then the more I obviously was doing boxing and then my name was getting thrown about, um, it allowed me to get on my course really early in my career. I think I was only mm-hmm. in for like, God, like six, seven months, mate, I think. It wasn't long. What, um, before you got on your PTI course? Yeah, I got on really, really early in my wow. career, yeah. Because what I was a... Like a gunner for like four years being a PTI, wasn't I? Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've served like just about 10 and I've been a PTI since. <laughs> Dead off. <laughs> yeah, like fucking like nine years. <laughs> it's crazy, mate. It's crazy. Yeah. But that's like, that's quite, you know, it's quite a, a credit, really, that you got on it so quick and mm. they obviously saw something in you that they wanted to rub off on other people because obviously, you know what people are like, mate, in the military. You get these people that. A fit, but then you get the other people that are not just as fit, and pe- you know the hierarchy, and the, they all want everyone to be the same. But it's just not going to happen. But I think that's probably why, you know, you, they saw that in you, and and you, they wanted to clear that to rub off on other people. Yeah, which I, I think I and I hope I still did I mean, yeah. now, but I think I definitely did. I, I had a different approach to PT than I really. Um, well, yeah, I think, and and like. You know, obviously, we we didn't really directly work together as PTIs, but you know, having that same interest was was also a good um, stead to be in for us to obviously what we're what we're trying to do now. But I'll come on to later on. But like, yeah, the, the different approach to the PTI role than other people had, and the mindset and the mentality of what we all are about was just yeah, it was good. It was good to see that you were you had that such a you know early part of your army career. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna name drop two people because they were like some great oh, mentors. Oh god, definitely be name dropped is Uh-oh. Bradders, yeah, yeah, and Josh Exton. The both of them. That was probably the highlight of my career when it was like us three were working in the gym and yeah, yeah. Bradders is all about like coaching, mentoring, and he, he was he was great. And obviously Josh has done really well now and and is still doing well. So yeah, we need we need to get we need to keep remembering all these names, mate, because we'll have to get these on. Obviously, yeah, um, in the future, but um, yeah, no, like like you said, mate, them them two lads were just, you know, and they they are like you say, a credit to themselves now, still doing what they're doing in the PT world. Yeah. Um, so I think that's good. You know, you've covered that quite well, actually. What was your favorite actually about you know the PTI role? What um was your favorite part of that? Obviously, I know you're still serving like technically, but like while you were in the mix of it and you were in mm. the gym. I love teaching. Yeah. And I think when I, like 10 years ago, especially, it was more instructing, wasn't it? So it was like, yeah. do this. Yeah. And do this now. I started to develop as I got on my course um, into more strength training and coaching people and teaching mm. and like not screaming and shouting, just genuinely helping people get stronger, fitter. And I just loved it because I'm also, I'm so passionate about it. I always have been. And that for me, it just it gave me a sense of purpose at work. Yeah, yeah. When you you know when you're at camp, there isn't that much going on, except the standard maintenance, maybe a bit of exercise and 
and if you're lucky a deployment so it gave me a sense of direction that I was at least providing something and I just I thought I loved that being in that environment and and with like-minded people you know that that's what I loved yeah Um, and that that was you know like you said there about the teaching side of it it kind of I think when you were going through your course it kind of the old look of the PT side of uh, the military kind of changed a little bit yeah it did it It kind of like oh let's just smash them all for a week Mm. every day Monday to Friday kind of changed where it was little and often but more concentrated on getting people strong fit and then absolutely hammering them like pre-deployment training and stuff like yes. that so I think that kind of had a flip side of that and that all, all these old crusty blokes mate thinking that they could just beast everyone all the time was just like look wake up dickheads it's yeah. not going to happen like that you're just going to lose and like with the generation of today mate you're just going to lose it. people are just going to lose interest in it and they're not going to want to stay in the military because they just think fuck this it's just thrashing all yeah, the time exactly exactly that and you get as being a P2R you get a lot of uh, influence and reach and people will come up to you about anything really and the army is very I mean the military in general is very fitness based isn't it and it's yeah. a huge impact so you as a P2R you can have a big impact especially on new soldiers their career oh and yeah 100% I always found when there was new guys coming in I would try steer them if I if I saw a bit of promise in them I was like go do a P2R course because mm-hmm. you learn how to stand in front of people be confident be assertive you need to be fit and all of those skills are what you need to be a, like a great soldier. So, no, yeah, I, I, think, I love the influence, really. Yeah, no, that's it. It's having that influence on other people, isn't it? Like, you know, you're not going to have everybody's going to have different strengths and different things they need to improve on and different um, attributes. But like with yourself and, and rubbing off on other people, like especially the younger ones, it's just a great, it's a great achievement, isn't it? Like you said, that sense of purpose, which is what people need, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No life, what, isn't it, I think. Well, yeah, no matter what you're doing, whether we're talking about the military now, but like in everyday and everyday life and every, doesn't matter what job you're doing, whether you're, you know, whatever, whatever job you're doing, if you're working in hospitals or, you know, you're working in a school or you're working in Tesco's, you still have, you know, it's that purpose of what you're actually doing for that job. Mm. Maybe Tesco's is not, maybe not the right kind of <laughs> example there, but, <laughs> But you know what I mean? It's like people want to go and do that job because that's what fits in their lifestyle. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, um, you know, it's that purpose, isn't it? And have that sense of achievement when you're doing your job that you want to do. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I think that's it's a great way to be is, is having that purpose and rubbing off on people. Mm. Um, so obviously, you know, you've, like I said, you've, you, you're a PTI quite young in your career. You've done it for nine years. But coming out of that, like what is your best experience while while serving? Like, oh. taking taking the PT taking the PT role out of it because obviously that is, you know, that's you. That that's what you've been like for the last last nine years. But like, what's been your best experience while being in the military? And the reason I'm asking this question, right, is not to talk about the military all the time and let this conversation be about the military. But I'll let you answer it, and then I'll tell you why I've asked that question. That's a hard question to answer. <laughs> Payback. Because <laughs> I don't know if I have one specific like experience that yeah. I can be like, is my best experience. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, like, what you, yeah, what's like, yeah. Okay, maybe not. Like... like my overriding sort of feeling when I look back at the military now, I guess I can say, mm. is the sort of, the sense of like, accomplishment when you do something really difficult like when you do a card of course yeah 
you know, and you're doing something that sucks so bad and everyone hates their lives. <laughs> like, it's horrendous. Is that reward and that feeling afterwards. And you don't get that in any other form of job role. You don't get put in a place of mental and physical stress mm-hmm. for X amount of weeks. Yeah. At all. So and it's like, constant and it's constant isn't it yeah and I, I look at that in loads of different steps of, of the military like i've done scuba diving which you might be like well that's it that sounds like a jolly but like that's going again into fears and you just have scuba dived at night and into trenches mm-hmm. and all over places and i had a panic attack once in lanzarote scuba diving i've done skydiving i've done mountain biking in kenya um bloody you, you know all of these mad experiences that are all really difficult at times. Yeah. And it's the feeling afterwards. And you get that in the military, like Nordic skiing. I absolutely love. And it is the hardest physical thing I've ever done is skiing uphill for the yeah. period that you ski. But that feeling of once you've done it and that accomplishment, that's what the military gives you. Um, real, really big highs um, of like sense of purpose. That as an experience in all of those different things is what I would say. Yeah. And you answered it. You answered that. So the, the reason I asked that question is about like your mindset during all the, like during all these hard courses, yeah. jollies if you want to call it a jolly. But you know, adventure training is not just about a jolly. It's about going to do stuff and taking people out of their comfort zone. Yeah, and that's and, what and, I say. Yeah, and like for you, like to have that mindset on that course, like what is four week hard course in it? Yeah, yeah, and like. It's constant from the minute you get off the coaches at the wherever you're having your course to the minute you have your pass out period or your last day to say yeah well done you've you know you've passed the course yeah. is like thank fuck for that that's over <laughs> yeah <laughs> because you just get you know you get you know you do you do get tested like <laughs> yeah you but you get tested and, and it's all for a reason you know I'm I'm a firm believer that that, that course both like you know the lunch jacks one and the and the full screw one is like people probably don't know what we're talking about here, but like, you know, the, the sense of, um, or the mindset that you, you have to have for them courses because they test you and they want yeah. to see what you work, what you like working under pressure, what you like when you're fucking tired, grumpy, you've got no sleep, you've had no sleep, you've, <laughs> you've got, you've not been eating very well because of food shit anyway. Yeah. It shows uh, the true character. Yeah. And that's what I mean. And, that, and that, that's a good thing that, like, that, that's why I asked that question. Really, it was more more about the mindset you had for that. Well, so and for me, and I, I know that everyone that I've served with knows the direction that I was going, and all I wanted to do was go on selection for special forces. It's literally all I've wanted in my entire life mm-hmm. was to do that, um, because I love being in that situation where life sucks. And and yeah, and that that kind of that you know the SF side of it, you know to be i don't know for you but like for me when i was got i got asked to go on it because they thought it would be the good step and i started looking into it and looking at the paperwork and then i got injured and then it yeah. all just kind of flipped on its head but anyway this is not about me this is about you <laughs> <laughs> and like you know that sense of of going on them courses would have been absolutely amazing for you yeah well that's um, all i was training for last year isn't yeah it? and this is why i struggle with my purpose now is because yeah, that yeah. for 10 years was my whole direction is yeah. it's how i 
was able to justify all the shit that I've gone through in my life was like, mm. I'm just building a really strong character, Jordan, you'll be fine. Yeah. It's all, it, I'll all be tested for a reason. That's what I was selling myself was for that. Um, that's just who I am. Like I got asked by my therapist last Friday, actually, when I'm on my happiness, like when I'm on my happiest, sorry. And it took me a while to think. And I was like, honestly, when I'm in absolute pain, it, yeah. like, <laughs> and I was like, this sounds mental. But when I'm literally like, and I picture like climbing a mountain, like completely out of breath, Mm. wondering what if that's when I'm at my happiest like because you feel so alive in those moments and mm. all you are is present at that time you're not thinking about anything else except fucking he just keep going and that's it and, it's, and we've said it many many times it's about being present in the moment in the scenario yes. in the situation you're at and then like just just smashing the fuck out of it and, and attacking it 100% um, yeah. so now Obviously, we, you know, we, we we warned everyone at the start that things would probably get deep and it's probably going to start going deep right about now. <laughs> um, and the next question, well, I don't, it's not even a question, mate. Obviously, this is a start probably for yourself. Mm. And obviously, you mentioned, you know, Joey, twin brother. So, yeah, the, 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 the only word I've got down in this line, mate, is Joey. Talk yeah. to us explain everything and you know yeah. obviously you so know, just, just oh, do, well, you know yeah. do it at your own pace and just just go for it mate so yeah i apologize if this triggers anyone i know shane's already said it so 2017 in september actually i was deployed in canada um i got in a bit of discipline over there not going to mention what it is um <laughs> i had to go to court uh, i got arrested just being the classic jordan um, I then came back on the 27th of October um, and I was then meant to deploy to California three days later. Um, I came back. My brother was back as well on that weekend because it's our birthday on the 1st of November. I was really jet lagged, all this stuff. And my brother was like, we're going out, we're going out the piss. I'm like, mate, no. Like, <laughs> I really don't want to go out. Like, I just want to go to bed. Um <laughs> Unlucky. Anyway, he basically made me go out. Like he literally, I was in the shower. Right, this isn't even a joke. I was in the shower. He got in the shower with me with a can of beer and made me down it. Good luck. That's my brother. He's absolutely. (laughs) I was like, well, I guess we're going out then. So we went and went to the gym, obviously as you do, and then we went out, um, out in town on the piss. Um, and like as per the Joey and Jordan style, we got into like loads of fights, like people starting on us, just that classic two squaddies out in out in the piss because obviously he's in the Royal Marines at this point. Yeah. Um and then sadly and shitly, we used to decide to run home mm. because it was about three miles of the centre of Salisbury to our house was three miles. And we used to just run home all the time. We're like, fuck in a taxi, we're we're fit fucking right. life. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um so we'd run home and and my brother was um in front of me a fair bit uh and and basically um he 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 was in the middle of the road and, and got tragically run over um, and killed in front of me as I, as I was coming up the hill, um, which, <laughs> which I obviously still have black spots on. And this is, this is one of my biggest traumas is, is obviously that. Um, yeah. And it's hard to explain. Like, obviously I've seen other people sadly pass away or, or die, but it's very difficult when it's someone that close to you. Um, well, 
Yeah. So that obviously happened, and that's what coming up to over five years now. Um, and in the midst of all that, I was suffering with a huge gambling addiction. I had so much debt, um, mm. like really bad. I was about 45 grand debt. Um, I obviously had the discipline at work, so I got bust from that. Uh, so sorry, sorry, that, that gambling debt was was that after joy or was that due, that was ongoing that was so i started gambling when i was about 21 right so that's ongoing yeah okay. yeah, yeah um so like basically when he died i had i had that going on mm. um i had so many other issues in my life that i couldn't even face the fact that my brother just died in front of me as well um it was it was almost like just too much when when it happened i was just like yeah this is shit mm. But like you didn't, you you didn't reflect on it. Is what you're I trying. couldn't, I couldn't fucking face it. You couldn't, like, yeah. I couldn't even deal with my own issues, let alone the fact that that just happened. And yeah, like, I, yeah, I was just completely displaced, like from life, is the best way mm. to put it. Um, that's like, I can't explain what that would must feel like, apart from you know shit. Yeah, and then like having all that other shit going on as well. That you couldn't you couldn't deal with that and you couldn't it's not even about deal with it but like reflect on it and have the time to yourself and this is probably going to lead on to like another question about what support did you have after that <laughs> and i know the answer i know the answer but... they like to say that there was support but there was fucking nothing mate yeah um Obviously, initially, the Royal Marines took over everything, which I'm so grateful because they yeah. really wouldn't have done the square root of fuck all. Yeah. Um, and they were great. Uh, they really were. They really looked after our family. And it, it was like the, it was a bet, it was an amazing funeral. There was about a thousand mm. people there in the wow. cathedral. Um, and obviously, I stood up and did a eulogy as well. Not that I can remember doing any of that. But, oh, mate, that was fun. Yeah, it was, it was breathtaking and it was really good. Um, but yeah, so the Royal Marines took over. They obviously then had a, a counsellor that that would talk to me. They had to check in on me pretty often. But at that point in time, and I remember the sessions, is I was just like, did, I just didn't even talk about it. I just like, just chat about life. Like, I just pretend it didn't happen. I just couldn't. Not only could I not want to deal with it, but I was also like, how the fuck is a book that you've read? Bear in mind, this guy was in the military, like a sergeant major in the Royal Marines. Like, how are you going to relate to me right now? Or how are you going to ever help me? Like, I understand trauma. I'm not a moron. Yeah. Like, I was very selfish back then. I was like, he's my fucking twin. I've seen him. Like, do you know what I mean? I was just like, everyone just leave me alone. Mm. Um, And I obviously had very little support. Um, The army gave me a few weeks off. Um, I had to... The standard... This blows my mind. I had to take extra leave from the year ahead. Because it was just coming up to Christmas as well. Yeah. Um, so I basically had off from like November till end of December, which I had to use as my leave. I had like three weeks from Passover and used my that's, leave. That's ridiculous, mate. And then I was on exercise and then I deployed to Germany. So, <laughs> yeah, like, so that, you yeah. didn't have any you didn't have any time to, to, to suffer and to grieve. No. Uh, it was kind of, oh, it's happened. A couple of weeks, we'll sort him out. I, I understood it, right, because they, everyone knows what I'm like, I'm very busy, and yeah. they were like, let's just keep him busy, and it might, yeah, I guess we could argue that it was the right thing at that time, but clearly what it's caused now is for me to never process anything, 
and, and that's it. You didn't understand it because you, you didn't understand. No. You know, who does? Who does? Who fucking understands when when they go through things like that? Nobody would understand <laughs> how to deal with it, what the best course of action is, and how you know how to move forward with their life. You, you can't. There's nothing that will teach you that. No, I think the biggest thing that I did, and definitely the army did, was almost play it down. Like I played it down. I still mm. do to a certain extent. I'm like, oh, it's, it's life. But yeah. I don't, I don't realise the impact it's had on my life. Yeah, that's it. And I think accidentally the military might have done the same. Is like, oh, he'll he'll be okay. We'll we'll look off. We'll send him away. We'll keep him around his mates. He'll be all right. <laughs> I don't think we actually analysed the the depth of the situation. No, and right, yeah. everything else going on and being like, fuck. Maybe we need to really like dig in here. Because obviously, like I get now annoyed because it's like five years ago and. I wanted to do so much of my military career and I haven't because of this. Mm. And now I'm getting discharged because of this. And it's like, it's really disheartening that these mental health issues, these struggles, if we just took the time back then, yeah, just it could have been res- not resolved, but, you know, worked through a little bit better. Well, you yeah. could have just had a better path, couldn't you? Rather than the, sh- the shit one you've had and yeah. like you say, oh yeah, you'll be all right. And I mean, you've got to look at it like from then I, I then I got done. I then obviously did the classic spiral, got done drink driving. Um, I got bust from that. I, I fucking had loads of discipline in the military, um, loads of stupid shit going on over the last five years. And then I started to sort of pull my finger out a few years ago because I was on my, this broke me. So obviously those that don't know, you can do the commando course in the army, which is what the Royal Marines have in their basic training. Hmm. I wanted to do that so badly for one for my brother and massively for me. Yeah. So I went down, went down to uh, Oakhampton. I did the preview. I got loaded on the the commando course, and I was like, I was buzzing. Like, I did really well. I was like, I can't wait to do this course. <laughs> and ongoing was my drink driving charge, but everyone was like, you'll be fine. You'll still be able to go on the commando course. And the day I was packed up, ready to go to Limpston, ready to start the course, I got a phone call off a colonel, and they wouldn't let me go because Bullshit. I had pending discipline. Bullshit. And I was like, well, I was under the impression the discipline was being pushed until I did the course. And they were like, no, we can't do it. So obviously I then couldn't do the course and then I lost my license for 18 months. Yeah. So I couldn't go back down there. Like I'm not going to be based down in Plymouth with no car and no way to transport. So that broke me like, yeah. emotionally. Like, And that for me was a big turning point where I was like, yeah, I need to stop self-destructing here. <laughs> Um, you, you kind of, I didn't. Yeah, no. The only reason I laugh at it is the self-destruct thing because <laughs> yeah. it's uh, it's you know it's it's easy for people to just think, oh yeah, you'll be all right. And we've had this conversation before about a, a, you know a, a situation that happened when you got met from a certain couple of people about what they said, and you'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Just sign off. Fuck off, mate. Do yeah. you know what I mean? But yeah, like, yeah. you know, obviously, you know, like I said that situation you've gone through i wouldn't fucking know how to relate to that but it was you know that what could have happened to give you a better path of recovery to deal mm. with it to go through the grief because obviously everyone's got a grief and you still grieve now yeah you're never going to not grieve because grief is part of your life now and it's always going to be part of your life because you're fucking hell is your twin brother do you know what i mean yeah and then cause so, like most recently obviously i did the good old game of being 
okay, pulling my finger out. I got promoted twice. Everything mm. was good. Everyone thought I was fine. Joey was history, mental health history. Mm. Uh, let's send him on tour. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, I go on tour and <laughs> high stress environment. However, this tour was so fucking boring and it was so much time in your own head. Yeah. And I got to a point out there where I was reflecting on everything mm. past, future, me, my life in general. And mm. I sat on my bed. Obviously, you have your Glock, your pistol, and your all times loaded. And I was like, I think I'm done now. Like, I was just exhausted of life. Like, mm. I was like, I'm trying here. No one seems to be fucking helping me. I'm sitting in fucking Mali, a debt, like a shithole, mm. and it's boring. And I can't do this anymore. And so I put a gun to my head. I was like, I'm done. But in that moment, when I was literally about to fucking end everything, I was like, I ain't fucking giving up. Like, this, there's something wrong. I've clearly highlighted that now. Um, yeah. And that's where it took then the next step of, of speaking out. And I had to tell Tom and Blaney and Ben and everyone that I was on tour with, which I fucking hated because everyone looks at me as this strong character, which again, yeah, I don't like. Um, and then obviously I got flown back and in the system I am, and this is this is the position I'm in now. Um, yeah. And and you said yeah, yeah. You, said, you know you said that you you know you struggled about talking and speaking out because fucking hell, who you know, they, and that was probably down to the fact that what everyone expected of you. Yeah, it kind was. of had an effect, yeah. and like it will do because obviously that's all you know and that's all they know of you. If they see you struggling, they're just like, "I'll be alright. I'll be alright tomorrow." He's just a fucking bit of a grumpy twat today. Yeah, and like you know, having that—it's a stigma, isn't it? It's a male stigma. It's a stigma around men. It's getting better, but like the stigma around men is like they just fucking get, there, on get on me, yeah, stuff like that, and. <sighs> You know, it's not as easy as that, unfortunately. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, so, you know, obviously, I really appreciate you sharing that with 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 me, and obviously, I knew about it, but like sharing it again and letting our listeners know something that was obviously so close to you and mm. so personal. But no, thanks for sharing that. I really appreciate it. And you know, like I said, it's got deep, and there's going to be people out there that can relate to this that's, that's experienced, you know, situ- situations that are similar. Mm. Um, and then obviously, you know, you kind of start, you, you kind of talked then about struggles after Joey. Um, but I think you put in that post on Instagram. Yeah. That have been the best thing you've done because two reasons. One, it obviously opened my eyes again to get back and comes with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and it also made, it was the start of everything. It was the start of you talking more explaining to people more and not being afraid to talk because that is the main thing isn't it it's like you know with me what happened i was scared to talk two years didn't talk to anybody just kind of like i'll be all right tomorrow fuck off uh and then like for, for me and you to then talk to everybody else and try and pass on our struggles and our experiences and our the way we coped with things and understand things more and as we'll always say from probably every conversation we have and what everyone will listen to, we're always going to be the way we are mentally. It's just now we understand it a little bit better. (laughs) Yeah. It's exactly that. And 
technically putting the gun to my head was the best thing that I could yeah. have done because it hit a realization point for me that things need to change. Mm. And this is where talking about it, even though it's hard and it's difficult, is not only is it helping me because I'm opening up, but if one person yeah. reads, listens, whatever, and they go, you know what, I might, I'm going to talk to someone as well. And then they don't fucking press that trigger or do whatever. Then it, that's that's all that I and you care about. Yeah. And it's it's then just le- learning together as a group. Like there's no blueprint to anything in life. When your mum died, your dad, whatever happens in your life, there's no blueprint to anything. So you can only learn from your experiences or try learn from others. And that's all we're we're trying to do, really. Um, and that's it, isn't it? It's about that learning and, and just yeah. understanding it a little bit more like the, the, the situation and reflecting on it and just also taking that like taking that little bit of a condo moment like it's happened yeah very sad things have happened in people's lives that they can't control they can't change they understand it a little bit better but it's more about what they do afterwards and moving forward exactly i mean you can you can put that down to a small scale like look at me this week i've been completely yeah. lost and depressed yeah. and i know so all I then get me worried is what we put in motion anyway. So then I reflect, analyze what's going wrong, Jordan, what's happening. Okay, mm. it's this. Okay, what do I need to do to stop this? And like today I'm fine, I'm back in, like I've got my ice bath, I've gone to the gym, mm-hmm. we're doing a podcast and like I then add stuff in my day. But for people that don't know these methods and then sit there and struggle, this is how we get across, this is how Hopefully you can relate to me or Shane, and this mm. is what we do to get out of that spot. Yeah. Um, if it fundamentally comes down to the individual to get out of that, no one's going to help you. Um, yeah, we can. Yeah, there's only so much we can do, and, and so, so anybody can do to help someone and, and inform them and advise them on what the best thing is to do. But ultimately, like you said, it's down to that individual. It's down to you to get out of your shit, your shit place. It's it was down to me to get out of my shit place. And it's down to anybody else that's struggling out there. It's down to you to get out of that place because yeah. you don't want to take the easy way out. You need to work hard to get out of that shit place you're in. Yeah, and like my my biggest thing is you're not gonna get like you're not gonna get away from it. It's never no, gonna go not. away. No, like when something happens and and everything's gonna happen to someone in life, no one gets away scot free. Mm. Is it changes you, and that's what I've learned is from what happened with Joey and everything else, I'm just a different person. So rather than trying to be the person I was before, and for example, for me, go on selection and go in the special forces, I can't do that anymore. My mental state and everything else, I cannot be that person. But what I was trying to do was constantly still be that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was then making me even worse. Yeah. And I was like, right, own it, Jordan, own it. You're not that guy anymore. You can't do that, unfortunately. So unlucky big lad, you need a new direction, a new person. (laughs) Yeah, unlucky big lad. But it but, is, it's right though, isn't it? You know, if, if you had that real re- realization and that reflection point, that actually you do, you, you know, there's nothing you can do now. Yeah. So, yeah. obviously, we yeah, we talked about that, and like I said, like obviously, thanks for fucking opening up and telling everyone you and who you are and where you've come from. But you know, last couple of questions. Yeah. What? Do you see the future holds for Jordan Langford? (laughs) (laughs) 
Now that but is not, an interesting question. Not talking about Conatus. What do you see for you as a person? Yeah. And that how are you gonna not be better, but just be yourself again? So one thing well not one thing, a lot of things I want to do. So I want to have a much better connection with my family. Yeah. yeah. Um I've been very distant and the military hasn't helped with that and all these things. I, I want a massive I want to be there for my family and, and likewise them to be with me. Um, the same with my friends, which like you, for example, um, yeah. in the army, again, you've got a lot of friends, but they're not, you know, they're not real friends. Let's be yeah, honest. It's, you're in the environment as it's I'm realizing. That, that's something I'm real at the moment. Yeah. You find out who your real friends are, mate. And that's, yeah. it just is what it is. That's just a way of life. And that's just the way the military goes, yeah. unfortunately. But Fundamentally, I want to have, I want to surround myself by people that I care about that better me and I better them um, yeah. is huge for me. Uh, I want to be much more grounded. I don't want to think about the past and I don't want to think about the future every minute. Yeah. Like Foxy said, you got to act like a toddler. As a yeah. toddler's walking around, they might take 45 minutes to just walk through the corridor because they're just looking at everything and they're just happy with everything. <laughs> what the fuck's going That's on here? great. I would love to be like that every buddy day. So I'm trying to be like that more often. Um obviously training and fitness and health and lifestyle and just mm. basically looking after myself and being a nicer, better human that can help <laughs> others is what I want to achieve. Ooh, nice, mate. Nice. You want to be a nicer person. I like that. Yeah. Um, and that's leads me on to my final question. And then I'm going to ask you one last thing before we, before we end this show, but what let's talk about Connors quickly. Obviously yeah. people know what it is. What do you, see for Conatus and what do you want Conatus to achieve? Not me and you. What do you want Conatus as our company name or as a, our business, our passion? What do you want Conatus to achieve? So I want Conatus to be a big sort of community group of people that are better in themselves in all purposes, whether it be mental, physical, emotional, Mm. And that everyone's there trying to better themselves and their lives within fitness, within their relationships with each other, their, their family, their partners, and then also like goal directions for their career. And I want it to be where everyone's a community. We're all doing similar things and reaching out, doing events. That's what I look at Connors as being like a group of individuals that are all trying to better themselves mm. whilst doing those daily things and showing that, habits routine like reflection meditation all this stuff just makes you a genuinely better person um, yeah. and much more successful and success doesn't just come in in terms of money like money's fake anyway it <laughs> comes in terms of like success with success in relationships success success in what you're doing like what you enjoy success in in all the little things in life that's what yeah success in life to be. just be people for the, to be themselves again if just fucking gonna... live man just live yeah. stop doing live for the present man yeah just, just stop living in random cycle of shit. depression and work <laughs> and that shit just break out of it and, and enjoy every day yeah no that's you know great answer mate and, and that's obviously what what we're going to try and achieve and we're going to achieve it and get in get amongst it and let's start helping these people that need yeah. it and um so yeah what I'm going to just obviously 
we've talked about your childhood, we've talked about your military, we've talked about you being a PTI, your experience in the military, we've talked about your, obviously, Joey, we've talked about struggles, the future, we've talked about Connors. One thing, if you could give our listeners one bit of advice, just today, one one word, one one sentence, fire away, one, one bit of advice for today that can take away. You never get these 24 hours back. Done. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> that's it. That's it, mate. Yeah, live, live for now. Live for the moment. And Stop just, writing things saying you're going to do something tomorrow or change tomorrow. Change right fucking now. Fucking hundred percent, brother. Literally, 100% it's the most that. powerful thing is time. You can't yeah. make time. You can make money. You can't make time. So how many? That was like that. How many words was that? It's like what six words? <laughs> and them six words are very powerful to. Yeah. To me, and especially like some some of our listeners were like, "Fuck me, what did he just say?" Which is true. It's, it's twenty four hours, mate. You don't never get it back. Oh, mate, I've loved it. I love this chat. Um, I think you know, as long if you're happy, we'll we'll wrap it up there. And yeah, of course. Not. Obviously, we'll look forward to the next episode, which we've got a couple of plans. But me and Jordan will talk about that, and then we'll release some information about what our next plan is, and maybe get a guest on. Um, yes, talk to, you, talk to you after this, Jordan. But no, yeah, I really appreciate your time and you, you know, telling us about about you. Now everyone knows about us. We can fucking get on with what we really want to do on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the boring stuff's out of the way. No, it's, <laughs> it's like, you know, for our listeners, please like it, subscribe it, pass it on to your friends, families, anyone you think that could benefit from listening to, you know, we're on episode three now. You know, any of our stories. Uh, maybe not the first episode because that was just a bit of a wing it chat <laughs> um, but like you know there's so much things you can take from these episodes and we'd like you to subscribe pass it on to people that you know could, could listen to it and benefit from it and you know yeah keep keep listening to us and thank you for listening to jordan's story today yeah thank you guys cheers jordan cheers. Speak to you soon brother love it bye, mate. Love you, bye. bye.